Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the final Fast Charge of the year. Sorry to anyone who is watching live. I know we are a few minutes late. We are also down a person. Hannah was going to be with us, but technical problems could not be fixed. Something to do with Zoom, microphones, we don't know what. It wasn't working. It wasn't playing nice. No. Anyway, you have me, Dom, and I'm joined by Lewis and Aniron this week. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cool. So there's not a huge amount of news. We decided to kind of, instead of, there's little bits of news we could talk about, like the Xiaomi Mi 11 or Vivo X60. There's little bits of rumors. They're probably getting announced in a couple of weeks, but that's pretty thin on the ground. So we thought instead we'd do a final episode, that combo of looking forward to 2021, having done a little 2020 retrospective last week. And we are also going to talk all things Christmas namely the extravagant outrageous bits of tech we would like other people to give us with their hard-earned money <laughs> oh yeah so we are going to start with this uh lewis this is actually your idea so i feel like you must have something good up your sleeve uh i've got i've got, I've got a few things so um okay i'll start at the not too ridiculous and then i'll kind of work my way up from there uh so my overpriced but not too ridiculous choice is the airpods max i want them <laughs> I, want I was them. wondering if that was going to be it. <laughs> yeah, I want them, but I don't want to pay for them. They're too expensive for what they are. But if I had a choice, I would definitely use them every day. So somebody buy me a pair. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they're nice. I'm, yeah, I just, I can't pay for them. Uh, I mean, but that's a bit of a boring choice. So I, I came up with a few others uh, that are a little bit more interesting. Um, so I take it up a notch. I want the Galaxy Z Fold 2 because mm-hmm. who doesn't want a foldable phone? Um, I haven't had the chance to really use one for an extended amount of time yet. So I'd love to be able to you know, actually use one for a few months and play games on it and watch TV on it and see what the actual fuss is all about, essentially, for long-term use. Because you know, when we get stuff in for review, we don't always get to hold onto it for the longest amount of time. So it's hard to envision how you kind of work a lot of the foldable stuff into your daily life without you know, having it for an extended amount of time. And the Fold 2 is the one you want? Yeah, the Fold 2, it's a big improvement on the original Fold in just about every way. Um, You know, you've got the nicer display now on both the inside and the outside, and that notch thing on the inside's gone. So, yeah, give me the Z Fold 2. I'm here for it. No love for the Huawei Mate XS. I mean, I I did, I I was tempted. I do like the cameras. Because that's the one you did get to play around with. I remember, you know, you have actually seen that one and spent some time with it. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that it's not a very nice phone. Uh, and it's also very expensive at like £2,400. But hey, who's, who's pointing fingers? Uh, I think the only reason that I didn't go for the Huawei is because it doesn't have Google Play. Yeah. And Huawei will hate me for mm. saying that. But <laughs> hey, it's true. You can't charge £2,300, £2,400 for a phone that doesn't have Google Play by default. Like, you Even can get when the you're apps. not the one buying it, you still <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's still yeah. too much for you. <laughs> it's too much for somebody else to spend on me. <laughs> um and then I thought, you know, let's let's kick things up a notch. And I went with um, something a little bit random, but one that I've wanted for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you might remember a year or two ago, um, VR arcades started appearing. Uh, Mario Kart VR started appearing at VR yes. arcades. <laughs> and it's something that you can only play at VR arcades. And uh, for Christmas, you know, 2020 has been a tough year. But for Christmas, my number one request is a Mario Kart VR rig. That I can sit in, like an actual card I can sit in, and a copy of this 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 game that I can actually play on my headset. Please. Did you ever get to try it in one of the I arcades? didn't, no. I've seen so many videos of it. It looks so amazing, but I haven't actually had really a chance to have a go. Yeah, because you went did I, you go to the launch, didn't you, or something? Yeah, when they launched it in London, um, at the O2, uh, in the arcade there. 
got to spend half an hour or so playing around did a few races it's great fun i mean it, it's just a stripped back version of mario kart but there is yeah. something about bringing your hand up to hurl a shell at someone that that's just all i want so well that is all I want. I just want to throw some shells. I want to throw that blue shell and watch, you know, see it in front of me, <laughs> watch it blow the, the guy up in front of me and be like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was about it for my for my wild and wonderful Christmas wish list. So if anyone wants to, I'm going to get them all up on my Amazon wish list in a little while. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to call you out on your own list, but you did forget something. Oh, did I forget? Carry case for your AirPods. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? This is the half the half the reason you need the carry case is because the one that comes with it is so stupid. You can't use that thing. You're gonna no. have to buy another one. No. So if someone gives you AirPods, suddenly you're gonna have to spend a hundred quid buying yourself a case for them. And you have to spend another sixty odd quid buying a cable to use them with wired things yep. as well. <laughs> so I mean, that's classic Apple, there, isn't it? So yep. let me let, let me amend that. <laughs> AirPods Max. <laughs> And accessories, all of them. Or colourful wake-ups, <laughs> I want the whole lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a few things. I think one, I'll get the obvious one out of the way for anyone who listens a lot or watches a lot, the, the, the Z Flip. Uh, oh, I guess yeah. the 5G model. But obviously I've, I've spoken a lot that I love that phone. It was my, my favourite phone this year. Um, it's the only phone I've kind of come close to thinking about buying for myself. Um, you know, and, and quirk of this job is I move between phones very quickly and I haven't had to buy a phone for myself in a few years. But that was the one that after sending it back and then saw it in a sale at some point, I hesitated over whether I could justify dropping a grand to buy that for myself because mm. I enjoyed it so much and I knew I would really love having it around and getting to use it. So if someone has a spare grand and a half, I would love a Z Flip 5G <laughs> in the mirror purple finish. Ooh, that would yeah. be banging. Thank mm, you. Nice. That's definitely the best color as well. Um, I then hesitate. I want a laptop, but there's actually two I'd be happy with. One, sticking with beautiful finishes, is the Huawei MateBook. I always forget if it's the X Pro or the Pro X. Whichever way around that goes. <laughs> the green uh, one. The, 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 the green one. The, oh, the, yeah. They also do that in the regular MateBook X now, but it, you know, I, I might as well get the Pro model if someone else is playing. Um, it's, it's another one I reviewed, and the green is the most beautiful finish I've ever had a laptop in. Um, absolutely loved it and I was very very sad when that went back and that was another one I kind of delayed how long kept kind of finding excuses and trying to get the PR to let me sort of hang on to it just for another week so I could just keep using it <laughs> few it's more a great tests that we need to run <laughs> everything except the webcam you know because it's got that under the keyboard webcam yeah. which you know mm. th this year not great but everything other than that I love it's, it's lightweight it's got the big screen it's got the boxy aspect ratio on the display uh, you can get it I think in either no, it's not 4K, but I think it's 3K, um, and it's a beautiful display. It's a great keyboard. It's not the best keyboard. Dell, I think, still is slightly better, but it's very close. It does everything I would want from a laptop and really looks the part. So uh, that. But then I'm torn because I'd really like one of those M1 MacBooks. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. I guess the Pro, mm. but really I'm happy with either. They, they are lovely. I would never drop the money on them myself, which... To be fair, I don't think they're bad value, really, especially the air. So that's not that's not a comment on them being crazy value. But, um, you know, I don't, especially because I'm really a Windows person. I can mm. use a Mac. I don't mind using a Mac. Mm. I used to use an iMac at work in the office. I can I can mull through it. Really, though, I'm Windows, and, and I would always fall back on a Windows. But I'm really curious about those M1 chips. The yeah. performance people are showing is incredible, and I would love a little lightweight MacBook Air that had that kind of power inside it. 
And I think, you know, the the option to run iPhone and iPad apps on it as well is so underrated. It's not something that people are really talking about at the moment. I'm like, guys, you could probably get Instagram running on a Mac. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but will it be any better than just doing it in your browser? I think the only thing that I'd want it for, and this is so niche because it's because I handle the, the tech advisor Instagram, but you can't upload multiple pictures at once on a Mac, uh, like in a single post. You have to do oh, them individually. No, it's one oh, of the limitations. Weird. Yeah, even if you get the hacks right. to make it think you're on a browser. So I just want it for that. Yep, I'm just going to, yeah, Instagram on yeah. a Mac, please. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are my kind of two sensible-ish options. The really silly money one is just I want some sort of daft 8K Samsung Ooh, yeah. TV. You know, I'm not good on TV. I don't cover TVs a lot. I don't know all the model numbers, but I see them all the time at trade shows and I mean, I'd love the wall. The wall will not fit in my house. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I would, I would just love some sort of monstrous 8K PS5 ready TV that is as future proof as a TV can get. Costs 15 grand and is as big as like a full wall in my house. And then I can just be like, cool, that's the, the only TV I need for a decade. Because uh, I, I only just went to 4K this year. I'm very behind on TV really? actually. Yeah, because I never had a game console that had 4K output yeah. until the next gens arrived because yeah. I had a regular oh. PS4 and a Switch, so it didn't really matter. Um, and, you know, I didn't have 4K plans on any of the streaming services, really, so I didn't have that much 4K material, so it never felt worth it. But this year felt like the year. But now, obviously, as soon as I've gotten like, a bigger 4K TV, I'm just trying to like, well, now I want a, an even larger 8K one. This isn't good enough. And I was, I was on the hunt for a 4K 120 hertz monitor over Black Friday. I was like, come on, guys, give me something. They're all way too expensive, but I want that 120, uh, you know, refresh rate. Oh, totally. I mean, well, yeah, no, I mean, it. I don't think the monitor I want exists. I just bought a monitor and it was a battle of compromises. But I want, you know, tech that doesn't exist that I would like someone to make oh, and yeah. then give to me. <laughs> a 24-inch monitor that's at least 1440p, maybe higher, and 144 hertz refresh rate, please. Uh, no one oh, makes is that. that all? <laughs> it doesn't exist. Maybe it's completely unfeasible to make it in that size. I don't know, but uh, I yeah, it's kind of a, a, a if you don't want a big monitor, which I don't because of my desk, then you are picking between refresh rate yeah. or resolution. Um, I settled yeah. on resolution for what it's worth. I went fourteen forty p, but um, I would like the refresh rate. Yeah, I always go refresh rate. Hmm. So yeah, for me, I would. I guess I've been a little bit more on the realistic side, a little bit more on the affordable side, because I was thinking about all the phones that were released this year. I was thinking, if I could have any of them, which one would I have? And for me, I kept coming back to the Nord. I mean, I, I know you reviewed it, Don, but from everything I've read about it, it kind of ticks all the boxes, maybe slightly on the camera, but mm. it kind of nails everything else that I would look for in a phone. Um, and even if you compare it to... Uh, like the 8T or something, I think I would still prefer like the all-round package this this offers. Um, it's a little also, more compact guess, than the other OnePluses as well. So if that's, yes, it's not a small mm. phone, but it's it's smaller. Yeah, and I think I have realised this year that I kind of I kind of like a phone that's more pocketable. That's um, I don't need the absolute best screen in the world to be on my phone necessarily. Um, also on the foldable, the Z Flip would probably be the only one I could see myself using on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, um, one of but... us, one of <laughs> us. Uh, so yeah. I think, 
<laughs> I think I think there will become a point. I think I mentioned last week where it, where it you can get a device that's a great a foldable that's a great phone and a great tablet in the same package, but we're not there yet. So of the ones at the moment, I would like it to be a great phone that folds, and then you can also use like the little the little screen on the front and still have get more than you would from a regular phone. So um, I was wondering if you were going to go for the Surface Duo. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's it's hard to. I like the look of it, and obviously, we just got new yes, yesterday that it is coming to the UK at the start of next year, and obviously, oh, is it? I missed re- that. It is, yeah. Oh, great. So I'll be really, I'll be really excited to try that and see how it works because I know it's it's obviously Android, but Microsoft's got quite. It's very Microsoft, like Microsoft's mm. got its own identity. It's put its own stamp on it, um, and like how the how apps can work side by side, and I think the thing is about how many it's optimized for. Um, that have it would be interesting to see. I haven't seen a huge amount of news on the, the amount of developers that have um, updated their apps to really make the most of these dual screens because it's kind of the only kind of form factor like that. Um, so I'd be a little bit hesitant to pick it at the moment just from the reviews I've seen from the US and stuff. Um, I was thinking about laptops. There's nothing that I reviewed this year that really stands out. The only one I'd maybe think is the surface book three because my main problem was how expensive it is but obviously we don't have to worry about that here mm-hmm. um, but i thought the keyboard was great i like the fact that you can just detach the screen whenever you want it's not a convertible as such but you do it really can become a separate tablet if you like it um it's also the other thing about that device is there wasn't huge upgrades over the pre- previous version so i was saying if you've already got the book two um you might as well save your money. But I think if I was going to upgrade, because I'm still running like a MacBook Pro from 2014, if I was okay. going to upgrade, <laughs> if I was going to yeah. upgrade right now, that would probably be top of my list at the moment. Um, so I think what I was, oh, the, the other thing I would probably go for just for like a cool um, device to use in your free time, I wouldn't use it as like my main device would be like the iPad Pro with the magic keyboard. Yes. Because from what from what I've seen from your review, Lewis, how much even though it's such an expensive accessory, how much it really transforms the experience, and you might as well go for the absolute best tablet around, um, and probably the best keyboard experience like on a tablet. Um, and obviously, if you, you might as well throw in the Apple Pencil if we have if money's I mean, an object here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and because um, I feel like that would provide the best all-round computing experience that would do entertainment. It would do if you needed to be productive on the go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they'd, they'd probably be my picks that off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, on the iPad profile, I completely agree. Like, it's a great little... It's a great tablet. I, I, you know, up until this point, I feel like I've not really seen it as a work device because I'm not mm. creative. I don't do drawing. I don't do graphics. I don't do anything like that. So the Apple Pencil stuff is fun, but not really for me. But mm-hmm. the, and the, you know, the, the standard... The old folio keyboard thing... It was okay for writing emails and stuff, but it wasn't, you know, you're not going to drop a thousand, two thousand words on it because it's just not a good keyboard. Mm-hmm. But the Magic Keyboard uses the the same kind of switches from the MacBook range. So you're getting like a high quality, proper keyboard. And, you know, you've got a trackpad that turns it, you know, you've got a proper cursor that moves around the screen. And those things, you know, they sound simple, but it's crazy how transformative they can be when you put it alongside, you know, split screen mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's all on the iPad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it went up on a I bit do... of a tangent there, but agree. No, <laughs> I, I do wonder if that would be the tablet that made me use tablets 
because mm. I've reviewed plenty mm. of tablets over the years. I've owned a few. I've had Android ones. I've had Windows ones. I've had like the cheap end iPads. Um, I've had ones with folio keyboards, ones without all of that. And all of them, I review them. I use them for a few weeks and then they go in a drawer. And some I tried to hang on to. I had like one of the Qualcomm connected ones with a keyboard and I tried to make that like my office device that I carried around with me to meetings and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then eventually I just hit a point where I was like, but I've got a laptop there. I could just take the laptop instead. And, and no tablet has ever stuck with me. I've never formed a habit around tablet use. Um, and with the Magic Keyboard in tow, I do wonder if that that would be the one that kind of was just laptoppy enough to win yeah. me over. Yeah, I mean, I, I used it. Um, I used only the iPad for work, for everything to do with work for mm. two weeks while I was doing that review. And I didn't feel the need to go on the laptop once, uh, right. really. So. If anyone wants to buy one, why not? <laughs> as long as you've got the money, of course. Or someone's <laughs> buying it for you. <laughs> the other thing for me is this, it doesn't really fit the stuff we normally cover on the show, but it is technically tech. But if I was really putting together a list of tech things I wanted, I'd probably want to fill it up with kitchen stuff. <laughs> like if someone wanted to buy me a oh. KitchenAid, because they're hundreds, if not more, uh, a fancy fridge. Oh, I want a beer fridge. Right now, I have crates oh, nice. of craft beer lying around in my flat oh. that, that really need to be stored in a fridge. And the fridge itself is half full of beer already, so there's not enough space for food. So I need that. I would love a big fancy mixer. I would love a big food processor. Uh, <laughs> in the la- last one of the recent episodes of Nigella Lawson's show, she had some magic potato masher blender thing that was electric. <laughs> I want that. Do you want the, the, the microwave that she's been I'd, talking I about? Love, well, I don't have a microwave in my flat. There's no space in my kitchen. <laughs> So I'd need a bigger kitchen to then fit my micro Huawei in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah. Like, do you know what? Now we're, now we're going slightly off the remit of what we cover. Um, I'm just going to just gonna throw one more in there. I want a Tesla. So <laughs> any, any yeah. Tesla. No, I'm not fussed about which yeah. one, but if someone's buying me a Tesla, I will thank them for that. <laughs> See, I like Teslas, but I'm a, you know, I don't like Elon, so I get a bit icky. Oh, on, this is the problem, you know, yeah. It hurts me off them. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, that is that. Um, that's an expensive Amazon wish list. Um, we'll, we'll post a link after the show, I guess, and, and feel free to chip in anyone. Uh, uh, moving forwards to maybe the things we might be wishlisting this time next year. Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to take a look at what we think mm. is going to happen in 2021, I guess primarily on phones, but on, on tech in general. Uh, I'm going to throw you on the spotlight again, Lewis, because I know you were ready with some Apple-centric predictions. Predictions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I cover, as people should know by this point, I'm, I'm the Apple guy over at Tech Advisor. So I've got some Apple stuff to talk about. Um, and I think the most obvious uh, is that 120 hertz refresh rate is going to come to the iPhone next year. There is no way it cannot happen. They barely, they you know, they barely got away with it this year, and I think that they were counting on it this year because there are mm. so few differences between the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro. I feel like they were counting on the 120 hertz refresh rate on the Pro model to differentiate them, and not having oh, that on this year's model means that you know it's not a good buy, and that's what's happened. Mm. So I feel like by next year it's going to be on the iPhone 12, but only on the Pro models, not on the standard one, because they need something to differentiate and push people towards that high end uh, range. How long do you think they go before they bring it down to the others? A year or two years? Or yeah, it's probably going to be a couple of years. I think. You know, it's so that's kind of wild. Them... If, yeah, if you think it, about it, it was bitting two years, then that would be twenty twenty three getting a high refresh rate 
standard iPhone. I mean, it sounds yeah. absolutely ridiculous, but then when you consider the fact that this is the first year that an iPhone, like the standard iPhone, has had an OLED display, like you're kind of yeah. like, okay, uh, yeah, they're they're a little bit behind uh, the curve with their display stuff when it comes to their standard model, anyway. Yeah, they don't um, mind being a bit behind on it. No, and yeah, it was you know it's relatively low. Uh, resolution this year is yeah such a big jump yep. for the iphone 12 display so yeah uh, i'm expecting yeah just on the 12 range for now and then yeah it'll trickle down as as these things do over the the next few years um so moving oh actually one more iphone one i think telephoto zooms might actually be making a, a an appearance at some point because we've seen them you know for a couple of years not i'm not talking the 100 time zoom that's just you no. know samsung's uh i wouldn't call it magic because it's definitely not magic um, but but Samsung's attempt, should we say? Uh, it's, I, I don't think it'll be as extreme as that. I think they might go to thirty times, you know, at a push, you know, the limit where they can manage to get something that's actually usable. I don't think yeah. they'll go further than that just for the sake of being able to say, "Oh, I've got a hundred times zoom." But I, I think, think I think they'll just yeah. push what the lens does, you know. Yeah. And 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 that was always the mistake Samsung made was pushing a hundred times when the lens itself took them to five times and yeah. ten times hybrid and then after that it was just pure digital and it's sort of like they realised you know we haven't heard hundred times since that first set because uh, they realised it was it was nonsense but yeah I think Apple will will more want to push what the actual hardware does maybe a bit more than that but I, yeah I can't see them leaning on thirty times fifty times it'll be it'll be ten times but really good 10 times uh, dslr yeah proper zoom lens quality <laughs> Alex maybe not just called that uh creep zoom which uh yeah <laughs> once, once you're into the like the serious zoom it, it is creep zoom oh, for sure it is yeah yeah i think i said that when i reviewed maybe the reno 10 times zoom i think that might be the first one i reviewed with that kind of really intense zoom and i i remember my take on it just being like there's no use for this except to show off that the tech can do it or to be a pervert yeah like there's no other functional uh, reason to use 100 yeah. times zoom or whatever like, that's all it's yeah. for it's it's for showing off on twitter or being a real creep and don't do that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's your, you know you said that every uh zoom video that i've seen recently seems to be focusing on like a couple of people and then it pans back to show how far away they are and i'm yeah. like oh now you said that yeah don't be a creep so maybe i won't do it they'll be too socially responsible and they'll be like no we are not going to put that power in your hands <laughs> get away from it uh anyway uh moving on from the iphone predictions um i'm going to go with a a probably and then a risky one so my mm. probably is air tags because they've been spoke about for so long at this point they've been referenced in ios 14.3 which is now available yeah um and you know there, there's been leaks there's been people saying that they're ready they're just apple's just you know a, a case of apple deciding when they're going to push them out so i feel like they'll probably make an appearance you know first half of the year next year probably march they like to launch some stuff in march have you um, seen the leaks that samsung are working on no um and word well, the word is samsung are going to announce them in january oh so apple may oh, have delayed wow. tags so much that they're no longer going to be first to market <laughs> even Ouch. within the phone sector ouch Probably, um, probably Samsung only started working on it once it leaked that Apple were working on them and they've managed to get the whole product ready to ship in that time window. <laughs> it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I mean, yeah, I, I'm i just hoping that Apple's ones, they don't follow the route of Tile because, uh, I mean, although Tile is getting better, most of them you have to literally throw away when you're done. Like they have well, they've a, got, yeah, they've got to be better than that. And A, a they've got to be better than Tile because they've got to differentiate. They can't yeah. just push out a thing that everyone says, wait, Tile's been doing this for five years, what's different? 
the yeah apple can't on with one hand take away chargers and headphones for environmental reasons and then on the other hand release literally disposable tech yeah i mean in my mind it's going to be compatible with the apple watch charger it'll be wireless mm. contact charging fits on the same apple watch mm. charger uh, i mean it's just you go into the leaks it, it looks like it would fit that kind of you know that domed charging shape um so we'll see i'm pretty confident that they're going to make an appearance pretty soon um mm-hmm. I, I was quite surprised they didn't they didn't come this year i thought the one more thing a week or two ago would have been the air tags but hey we have mm. the airpods max instead mm. um so for my for my final more outrageous prediction uh I'm going to say, because I've, you know, I've been pushing AR stuff on the iPhone for years at this point. Like I've been talking about AR glasses and Apple uh-huh. stuff for years. Dom, you know, I've been talking about this for a long time. And, you know, back when, when they launched AR kit, I was like, this is, this is, this is them saying, guys, we're going to do it, but not yet. So what's happened is AR, you know, AR is, is, I mean, it's not hugely popular on the iPhone, but it's not going to be popular on any mobile device because it's boring. You've got to hold your phone up and see what's going on around you. Nobody wants to do that. But what Apple is doing, I think, is building up a a huge library of these AR apps, you know, all shapes and sizes to whatever you want. And then they're going to go, we've got some glasses. You know, you know, all those those AR kit apps that you designed for iPhone, they work on my glasses. And then you've got not only a pair of AR glasses, maybe possibly even was one of the first to kind of market. But then you've also got this this huge ecosystem of apps that you've got from day one. You're not having to wait for six, nine, 12 months for developers to develop you know, content for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be a transition period where there's going to be bugs that need to be fixed and stuff like that. But I think if there's any company right now that's really well positioned to do AR glasses, it's, it's Apple. So I my, think, yeah, announce at the end of next year and then come out the following year. My hesitation here is I I still don't see that stuff taking off in the consumer space, and Apple is more and more a consumer company. You know that that angle of theirs marketing to pros and businesses is still there, but it's much less so than it was. And I just don't see the average consumer, even the average Apple consumer, wanting to use or wear AR glasses. Whereas they have all these applications. We've seen uh, Google Lens. You know, flopped as a consumer device and then and then took off as not Google Lens. That's a what were the glasses called? Google Glass. Google, Google Glass. Yeah. Um, took off took off as an industrial tool. Um, we've seen that happen with Vive actually being used on oh, SVR, yeah. not AR. We've seen Microsoft Hololens be kind of more used in industry. And I see that as a space where this stuff works. And I almost feel like Apple just missed the window where everyone else came out with consumer products, realized they didn't work as consumer products, and pivoted to B two B. Yeah. Um, and I know there's been so much stuff that they're working on something, but I just don't see what the market is for the Apple AR product, if that makes sense. Mm. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to say at this point because you don't know what it could be. You don't know sure. what the kind of. I think I think I think you're right about about the AR glasses up until now. With the with, uh, but my thing I think is that the AR glasses out at the moment just aren't very well designed, and they're designed for kind of work you know you've got mm. a battery pack that you've got to stick on your jeans or you've got wires running down your back that's connected to something else but i think that if apple managed to do you know the, the engineering magic that it tends to do with these things and made it small enough that you could just wear them on your face so there's not a battery pack there's nothing like that and it's convenient because i'm just i'm just thinking about you know things like getting directions mm. like instead of having to look at my phone i can literally just walk and i'll have arrows on the ground in front of me which is already a thing on on google maps so it's not like i'd have to be waiting for that 
So mm. it's, it's little things like that, rather than kind of these, this this great revolution that AR glasses will bring. I think it will be it'll be like the Apple Watch when the Apple Watch first came out. People, you know, a lot of people loved it, but a lot of people were also like, "Why am I spending four hundred pound on this thing just to get mm. some notifications?" And then I think you know, years down the line, we now see that the Apple Watches, well, smartwatch in general, are quite handy, um, and they, they they serve a need. So I feel like the same will be true of the Apple glasses or AR glasses, whenever they eventually make an appearance. Yeah, that's my predictions. <laughs> I did actually, yeah, I did actually have one iPhone related. It probably won't happen in 2021, but it does feel like they're moving towards the portless iPhone. I know a lot was yeah. spoken about it with the 12 launch and like with this MagSafe stuff, they want different forms of charging. Um, and obviously we've seen with like the headphone jack and things in the past that they're not afraid to like be the first to ditch a port or things like that. Um, 2021 might be slightly too early. I feel like there would be outrage if there was no port on say the iPhone 13. Um, but it feels like it's coming and it's in the works and it's definitely something they're trying to build the kind of infrastructure around it to make it possible. Um, yeah. I am. Yeah, I think I'm willing to like put my name on the line and say it won't happen in 2021 like i think it will happen eventually but yeah regardless of oh, it may be 20 you know probably not 20 i might not there's no way the next iphone is portless but mm. you're right i think it's on the way but that is not a 2021 thing i think they need to yeah. they need to work on the magsafe first don't they because at the moment it's great for charging and stuff like that but if you're going to ditch the port you need you know high speed reliable data transfer as well yep that's true yeah yeah definitely um, on the way yeah the, the other one i um, i alluded to earlier was kind of i think that um, smaller phones will come back into fashion slightly. I think we've seen with like uh, the iPhone 12 mini and the SE to a lesser extent that there is still an appetite for a phone that, uh, and particularly in the mini's case, that kind of does everything the regular 12 does but in a more compact package and that is that can still be a one-handed phone and that can mm. be easily pocketable because I suppose this year people have perhaps realised that they don't, need their phone to always have the absolute best screen especially if they're gonna um be working from home or other things where they won't need a great they won't need to be like watching content and stuff while they're out and about um and i think we, we kind of reached the ceiling when we're getting close to seven inch screens on smartphones you know yeah. it feels like <laughs> there needs to be a step back and actually think what do consumers actually want and i would feel if i was speaking to a lot of people i would think most of them would want at least uh, smaller than six inches and probably even smaller than that. Something close to like the 12 minis, um, 5.4 inches would be, um, would work for a lot of people. I think the counterpoint um, to that is, I think I, I do not have the numbers in front of me. So I apologize if I'm wrong, but I think the early sales figures for the iPhone 12 range suggest that people do not want a small phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, the mini is not the popular one. Uh, I I can't remember exactly what the numbers are at all. I just I definitely read something on the figures that was kind of like, yeah, this is you know, for for all the way the press write about it, and we all talk about how we want small phones and we think people want small phones, and anecdotally there's lots of appetite for small phones. It looks like people like the idea of a small phone, but when it comes to buying it, they actually think, uh, no, you know, I want mm. I want the larger one. You can pay an so extra I think they're in- and get a much bigger screen. <laughs> I think they're a niche prospect, and that doesn't mean right. we won't see more pop up in 2021 because there might be a realization that there's a niche to be catered to 
what I wonder is whether, say, Apple, a company that thrives on bulk, really wants to be serving a niche like that. So right. I wonder if we'll see another iPhone mini. And I, I think it may more be that we see Motorola and Samsung yeah. mm-hmm. doing some smaller ones, companies like that, that throw out huge, you know, a huge variety of product lines. So they can afford to have one that's the small Motorola phone, the small Samsung phone that people can go and buy. Whereas when Apple does right. four or five phones a year, if one of them's a flop because it's a small phone and that's a tiny market, then that's bad news for them. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a slightly different one. I guess the other one that I would say that they will be, because it's all kind of, unless people are going to make a foldable, it's all like these marginal gains of smartphones between generations. Um, I think the next thing that they will invest in is like faster wireless charging. Because we've seen like this year with wired charging, it's gone up to like, um, up to like a hundred watts on the latest Qualcomm stuff. Um, that it feels like wireless charging will be the next thing, the ne- the logical next step. Um, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research, and there's like the the Oppo Reno Ace and the P40 Pro Plus are currently the fastest wireless charging at forty watts. But that's still, I mean, it's fast by modern, still by modern standards. But mm-hmm. it feels like that will be the one where a lot of these brands will be searching for. Oh the absolute fastest wireless charging phone. And if we do go to, like we said, a few years down the line, this that there will eventually be a portless future, it'll be something that these companies will want to look at. Um, totally. I, I actually, kind of on that note, and tying into the portless thing, I maybe am willing to be, again, it won't be next year, but the first company to release a portless phone, and remember that Vivo actually did a concept, Apex, that was portless, it just never came out. Um, but I, I don't think Apple will be the first to release a portless phone. I, I, I don't think they're going to be the market leader there. And I think it will tie into wireless charging because I think it will be mm-hmm. some company that hits very fast wireless charging speeds and then kind of turns around and says, well, hang on, you know what? If, we sh- you know, if we've got really fast wireless charging, if wireless chargers are beginning to get ubiquitous or at least are cheap, you know, you can buy a 5-watt one for a tenner. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be real, when was the last time anyone did data transfer via cable for their phone? I mean, I haven't in years, probably. There's uh, always a good and I'm to have things go wrong. Of course, <laughs> but, you know, you could say that for all sorts of things. That was the line about the headphone jack, right? Yeah, of course, we love mm-hmm. Bluetooth headphones, but it's useful to have the headphone jack when things go wrong. But I mean, and stop and take still it a out. solid argument. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but... Um, I think, yeah, I, we will see that happen soon, and I don't think Apple will be first, because I think it will be one of the Android OEMs that likes to make right. phones slim and sleek and realize they can shave another millimeter off if they don't have to worry about a USB-C port. Hmm. Yeah, so, so my last one is kind of twofold. Partly is that I know there's been a lot of rumors about it that um, Samsung will ditch the Note line, and mm-hmm. then that, like... Um, I think there will be maybe, even though it's, it's looking like Samsung's still going to release phones, different phones with styluses, um, I think the Note has always been like the default phone if you want a great phone with a stylus. Mm-hmm. And I think that has perhaps opened a slight gap in the market for a few other manufacturers to come in and include styluses of their own. I think one of the problems I have with them at the moment is if you compare it to, say, like an Apple Pencil or ones that are meant to be used with tablets and laptops, um, the experience is not quite. The experience is is not. It's not enough to make me want to use it on a regular basis. 
the difficulty the difficulty comes there that it would have to be a separate accessory to get it to be that good. And obviously, the great thing about the Note phone is that it's built straight in. Um, it's also size, right? There's a limit to how much tech you can fit into a stylus that in turn has to fit into the phone. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the Apple Pencil yeah. sits next yeah. to your iPad. It doesn't have to slot inside it. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's uh, um, that'd be the next step because I feel like beyond like a very small niche of people who want to like create diagrams or do art on their phone, most mm -hmm. people are just going to use it for the occasional taking of notes and perhaps if you want to be precise on certain websites that um, aren't optimized for phones. But um, I feel that there could be something in that, that area, and I think at least some companies will try it. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen Motorola do the Moto G stylus. They clearly realized there's, again, it's a, it's a niche market, but they clearly realized there's space for them to churn out a phone that, that fits in that niche and works for it. So mm -hmm. I think we'll see that, especially if there is a sense that Samsung is abandoning it. Um, the big question is really how Samsung ends up playing that because they're talking, we're ex all expecting now stylus support in the S series. So yes. it could go on being a thing that just gets identified solely with Samsung and no one can break that kind of market mm. awareness that our stylus phone, Samsung makes those, you know. Um, but conversely, Samsung might lose that by not having them tied to the Note brand anymore, right? Mm. Could go the other way. Um, I, th I think I'm... I hesitate to make this prediction because the, the leaks have gone both ways so regularly. I Risky. <laughs> think I'm going to say we won't see another Note phone. I think we just had our last Note phone and I, everyone agrees that they're killing it. No one seems to agree on whether there's one more to come or whether we've already had the last Note and we didn't realize it. I think mm. they're done. I think we're going to see Stylus on the S21 Ultra and I think they we're going to see Stylus on whatever the next Z Fold is. Uh, and I also handy, think, actually, yeah. I think we're going to see this will be the year when there's a an affordable fold, um, you know, something closer to the thousand pound line. Yeah, that's still in that fold form factor. Probably drops the internal specs a bit and stuff like that to make it work. Um, and I think it might. Basically, I think in general, like the cor corollary to that is, I think we're going to see foldables drop in price this year. Finally. We have, we've had two years of them where they've stayed at basically each of them has stuck to their price tier on their second gen. I think 2021 is the first year we're going to start to see light models or SE models or whatever mm -hmm. that hit more mainstream price points. And thus it might be the year that foldables become still expensive, still like flagship price, but not luxury flagship price. Mm -hmm. And thus they become as mainstream as, as, a, as an S phone or a Note phone. I wonder if um, what this, if they are going to make kind of those more affordable foldables, what kind of specs they're able to um, include at, at that price point? Because what we've seen is that foldables this year have been really expensive, but still on some of them not necessarily had flagship specs. So I think mm. that would perhaps have to change first in order for um, these more affordable because otherwise, if you are going to power like this bigger screen or these two screens in some cases, you're going to have to have a processor that's going to be able to stand up to that. Um, and it's kind of a, a different, you're designing it in a very different way to you would like a regular phone. So um, it will mean that more manufacturers can have a go at making a foldable phone, but mm. it will definitely 
requires some thinking about. I mean, I think that ties into one of my other predictions. Nicely, thank you for the segue. Uh, <laughs> that we are going to see more phones in the Snapdragon 700 tier, uh, a sort of carry-on of what we've seen in 2020, where the 765G was the processor of the year, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's very... I think it was a very conscious decision of Qualcomm not to announce its successor alongside the triple eight, because they clearly, I don't think they wanted their flagship thunder to be (laughs) stolen by their second tier chip. And I think they knew that that might happen, that everyone might go, cool, you've got a flagship, but we want to know more about the seven series. I think they're holding it back for that reason. But that just reflects the fact that they know that's going to be the chip people want, manufacturers want that this has been the year that it's become clear that you can put out a phone that costs £800 and has a 7 Series processor, and all the reviewers go, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's good enough. Because it is. It is good enough. For for what 90% of people do with their phones, it's fine. (coughs) Um, So I think we'll see more of that, and I think that's where we'll see the difference in those foldables, is they can drop down from an 8 Series to a 7 Series, Uh drop a couple camera specs in the way you know that's always an easy way for manufacturers to move the goalposts for themselves is just to say well three lenses (laughs) rather than four um it doesn't have to be the super large sensor or it doesn't have to be the super high megapixel count um and you can you can shave quite a bit of your price point uh there a question on that i was saying do you think there's any uh, manufacturer can rival qualcomm in terms of making chips for phones i know we've I think MediaTek has come out with some um, that have been kind of more flagship level recently, but Qualcomm's obviously still like this mm. industry standard. I don't think MediaTek, maybe MediaTek will get it. I don't mm. think 2021 is the year MediaTek becomes a a big market presence at the upper tiers Okay. in the way that they're trying to. Um, mm. You know, they, they still, if you look at like the, the Dimensity 1000 and stuff, they still feel like they're a generation behind in terms of where they sit on the benchmarks compared to uh, compared to Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. But I think if I'm looking further ahead, I think 2022, we might see shake-up. Because I think by then MediaTek might have their head in the game. And I also think Samsung's Exynos chips will step mm. up in 2022. They need to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think it's very clear Samsung is moving... <laughs> You know, it, it knows it needs to universe, like you know, uh, have the same chips across its portfolio. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear they are moving towards more Exynos rather than more Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to see that that shake up there. The Americans can feel our pain, <laughs> the yeah. pain that we've been feeling for quite some time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we're going to see Qualcomm lose its edge there in the same way that we've seen yeah. Intel lose its edge in in the other other parts of the the chipset market where yeah. it's just been mm-hmm. too dominant, too complacent for too long. Um, and it's not even that Qualcomm's done a bad job. It's just everyone else is eager to get its bit. And it's got to battle the fact that companies like Samsung are both its clients and its competitors. And they just see a huge market with a with a hugely dominant figure in it. Um, yeah, so Alex in the comments just said the new Exynos is meant to be a lot better. And and yeah, like we, we don't know what the one in the next S phone is going to be. Uh, just today, we had benchmarks on the Exynos 1080, um, which is the one that's going to be in Vivo's X60 phone, we expect. And that benchmarked not as high as the 888, but close to it. It was sort of between the 865 and the 888. Um, and that's not their premium tier. That's their second tier chipset. And it's rivaling Qualcomm's latest in multi-core scores. Mm. So on paper, it looks like Samsung is already in the middle of making their big leap. 
And I think we're going to see that shift and, and maybe the jokes about Snapdragon galaxies are going to go away within a year or two. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, one last thing off phones. I think we're finally going to see the Switch Pro or Switch yeah. HD or Switch Super Fancy Boy uh, or whatever <laughs> it is. I hope they go with Super Switch. I'd buy a Super Switch. Oh, yeah, I do like that. Mm. Um, maybe SS isn't a great uh, initialism to have in the marketplace. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think we're going to see Nintendo to have that next bit of hardware. Oh, We've yeah, seen some, so many rumors that it's on the way in spring, and I think that's... It's time. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, they, they, they let the dust settle from, from the, you know, the PS5 and the Xbox yes. Series X where they're not going to be able to compete. Let's be honest. They're not going to be coming yeah. out with next-gen graphics. Exactly. So let, let them have their moment. And then you come out with your something that might look like a PS4 graphics, yep. you know, something like that. And Nintendo fans will be mm-hmm. like, damn, that's an upgrade. I want that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't bring it in the same light as the next-gen stuff. So yeah, uh, like you said, it's been, it's been rumored for, you know, I remember writing about it at least a couple of years ago. Now, like, you know, probably a few months after the Switch came out, but they were yep. all like, you know, there's another one coming, right? Because <laughs> well, it's Nintendo's well, model. It has been for ages. They do yeah. different versions of each. You know, we've seen it on all their consoles. It's inevitable. Uh, but this feels like the time. It's been a few years now, three or four years, mm-hmm. the Switch. Um, mm. And spring is a very... The, the Switch initially came out in spring. It was February, March yeah. time. Um, and it's a time they like because it gives them a few months to get their supply chain sorted before Christmas, basically. So they can mm-hmm. have that period where no one can buy the bloody thing because it's out of stock everywhere. But that's not the busiest time of the year. And by the time Christmas rolls around and that's the biggest sales season, they actually have enough of them for people to buy, which is obviously the problem Microsoft and Sony had. They went for the holiday say, release. Yeah. Mm. But that means everyone wanting to buy them as gifts and stuff, but you just can't. They're not available. Um but it means by the time next Christmas rolls around, the new Switch is the new thing in the way that the, the Xbox and the PlayStation uh-huh. are no longer. Yeah, I'd go with that. Interesting. Hmm. Will, do you think any? Do you think Sony or any other company will come out with like a handheld console that could rival the Switch? No. Hmm. No. No? I mean, I wish. I wish Sony had mm, like, that's what I mean, you know, like, like an some competition. Of... Sony's yeah. been burned twice before. I know. This is the problem, <laughs> isn't it? They're not going to try it again now. <laughs> they can't do a third one. God. Uh, and Microsoft has made it pretty clear that its ambitions are in the handheld space, but cloud gaming. Yeah. Um, yes. Why would Microsoft put out a handheld when the, when the line is, you can play an Xbox game on your phone? Like, that's true. So, yeah. It doesn't make any sense for Microsoft. Sony maybe could, but I'd be really surprised. We've had two PlayStation handhelds and neither of them have been big successes. I think the only way Sony could do it is if they don't differentiate between their PS4 slash PS5 titles and this handheld titles. Yes. Because that's I think that was a big thing with the Vita and stuff like that, that you had to buy specific Vita games. Like you couldn't just play all your games on it. And I want something that can mm. play all my games, maybe at a lower resolution, maybe a lower quality. I don't care, but anywhere. So I can yep. take The Last of Us Part 2 and sit on the train. Yeah, that I could sort of see something that mm. lets you play your PS5 games on uh, at, a, at a lower resolution. But even that, I, don't, I think that feels like such a big risk for Sony when, yeah. especially when their push is is power. We're the, we're the ones that give you all that graphical horsepower. Um, and if mm. Microsoft are doing cloud and Sony's copying the Switch four years late, I don't know. None of it looks like good optics, does it? No. Um, but- I mean, I'm still surprised about Sony being so late to the cloud stuff, considering it's had PlayStation now for years, and they're just like yeah. not talking about any of that at all. They're going to have to do something big there. I think maybe next year is too soon for that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure. Maybe they could late next year. We could see some big announcements from Sony on that side, but surely they've got to be working on something to replace PlayStation Now because up against Game Pass. Oh, it's terrible. It, it looks terrible. Mm. Um, and yeah, they need proper... You can see they're trying to move towards that app support, but mm-hmm. it's also obvious they're way behind Microsoft there. Yeah. And uh, so it's got to be on the way, but I don't know. I feel like there's still another couple years off that and, and maybe they want to let Microsoft iron out all the kinks before they turn up with something that learns from what Microsoft did. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But we will see. Um, Okay, I think that is us for today. So that is the last fast charge of the year. Say Um, it isn't so. I know, sad times, (laughs) but I'm mostly happy because it reflects the fact that this is my last work week of the year. Uh, We will be back in January. So I guess January 7th or 8th will be the the date of our next episode that first Couldn't tell uh, you. <laughs> yeah first working thursday in january whenever that is we'll be back at that point um if you are curious what you might miss in the time between uh kind of mentioned briefly at the beginning but we are expecting to see the xiaomi mi 11 announced on like december 28th 29th and we know we're getting the vivo x60 series on december 29th that's been confirmed so, you know, to our frustration, there will be phone announcements and we won't be here to talk about them. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be sat we... in my room talking to my computer. There's nobody there. I'm just talking about exactly. it. <laughs> so look look out for us in January with some very lukewarm takes on the Vivo and Xiaomi launches. Uh, and until then, I hope everyone has a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all of that yeah. stuff. Happy New Year. And yeah, thank you to everyone who's stuck with Fast Charge through a very, very weird 2020. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.